Thank you, church. Awesome. The people that are here, the people that are in our satellite church as well, and the people that are out watching, just bless you. Um, as we were singing and just some things I've been pondering over, I wrote a few things down uh, during worship. And I, I wanted to share today on light invading darkness. And in that, there's always a violence. Whenever there's diversity and differences, goodness, light and darkness, goodness and evil, there's, whenever they come close, there's always violence that takes place. So I, I wanted to talk about violence. Uh, just, uh, I, actually, I got it during worship today, and I just quickly wrote it down. Violence always happens when good and evil touch. And, you know, I think about the things that are happening around this world and some of the causes of, of, of why these things are taking place. I truly believe some of the causes are very, very good. But the underlying roots behind it, some of those roots are very, very bad. And good should never be accepted to allow and create bad. Goodness does not create Badness, if that's a word. What happens is goodness invades and overpowers the wrongs, the bad. So violence always happens when good and evil touch. The, in your own life, when you're living a Christian life and you allow some, some sin into your life, violence will happen in your own life. There's going to be a clashing that takes place. We need to remember that the devil's kingdom loves disorder. They do not like law. They do not like uh, people to enforce the law. The devil's kingdom hates disorder. They, oh, they love disorder and they hate order. Why? Because the devil, Lucifer, while he was in heaven, went against rule, law. He tried to become greater than God himself, which would have had to cause God to give Lucifer something. You see... Equality, hmm, I don't watch what I say here. I wasn't actually going to go here. Equality is not about someone losing something to give to somebody else. Equality is actually about the ability that each person has to raise up and become powerful in who they are in Christ Jesus. That makes sense? So just because I'm a pastor... I don't, I'm not equal with every other pastor or every other person. Just because of who you are in Jesus Christ, you're actually never equal with everybody else. The laws should apply equally to everybody, absolutely, which they need to. But equality isn't about me giving you something that so you can become something. It's more about us empowering each other to raise you up and individuals up into the identity that God has given to them. So, the devil's kingdom loves disorder, lawlessness, so no law or order, and it's usually always fed by anarchy. Remember, anything good, the devil hates. It's just a reality. He's, the devil doesn't have a good future. He's, he's actually got a, a very doom and gloom future. So for me to give up a joyous, revivalist, victorious future, 
to try to empower the, the enemy or the wrongdoings is not an equality. There has to be a war and a battle that is raging and going on. In my own life, there's a war and a battle. It's not the battle of God versus devil because the devil's already lost. The battle is here in my mind to decipher how much God I'm going to live with to defeat and violently defeat the enemy within me. The devil hates testimony of the past. He doesn't like the testimony of the past. He, he will destroy testimony. Even if it was good testimony or not so good testimony, he hates the testimony of the past because he doesn't want to be reminded of what he did because that led him into his future destiny. But God loves testimony. He wants to hear the testimony, even the wrongdoings and the right doings, but the wrongdoings of people, he loves to hear the victory and the learning and growing that those people learned in the kingdom of God and grew out of and became mature believers. So we, God loves testimony, enemy does not like testimony. It's interesting too, you know, I uh, one of the things that uh, social media, actually Facebook in particular, uh, they, they censor me sometimes and they pull some things down yeah, that I put up and what they usually like to pull down are testimonies. I remember one of the miraculous healings we had right here on Father's Day a few years ago. Miraculous. A lady was 20-some years on heavy morphine, walked with two of those crutch-type hand things, tremendous pain all the time, miraculously got healed in this house, in this place, so I went in, I made a video uh, in my office and, and shared about the testimony of God and the miraculous healing. Guess what? Pulled down. Hate speech, they called it. Hate speech. Hate speech. I, I, I was sharing the testimony of God uh, of someone who was healed. I'm sure right now maybe some social medias would, would not like the bleeding woman story in Scripture. For 12 years, bleeding, reached out and just touched the hem, just touched the garment of Jesus Christ. Hey, speech. What? Come on, people. I want to I fire us up to use our brains, use our mind, read the Word of God, and make sure we stand on His Word and do not accept sin for a cause that we might believe in. Not my message, but anyways. So, this is what I love. Today, we're singing. So when we sing, God is good, violence happens. God is good. He is good. He is good. Violence is happening. Unless you don't mean the words. But if we mean the words and we sing from our heart, violence happens. You know, the enemy, the devil hates singing, absolutely despises singing. Why? Because it's rejoicing. It's, it's, it's singing and rejoicing to God. Interesting. I shouldn't probably say this, but certain viruses don't seem to like singing either. Whoops. Oh, Lord. <laughs> when we are born again, we're living with the kingdom of God at our fingertips. It means within our touch. 
You hear me speak about the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Both John the Baptist and Jesus declared it very clearly. In, in that whole sentence and phrase of Scripture, uh, it actually means that the kingdom of heaven is touchable. So when we know Jesus Christ is our living Lord and Savior, the kingdom of God is literally at our fingertips. Right there. Right there. If we're not feeling that the kingdom of God is there, I always say, find more Jesus. Because sometimes we get down, we get depressed, the weights of the world are, feel like they're on our shoulders. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say that the weight of the world is on your shoulder or my shoulder. The Bible says the weight of the world's on His shoulder, not yours or mine. That doesn't mean that we don't stand for our beliefs. You better believe we do. But when we stand up, we don't stand up in a physical violence. We stand up in a spiritual violence. Like it happens. I remember, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 some of the protests that I took our, my wife and our kids at early age every year, um, and it was a pro-life protest. And we would stand there peacefully. Does anybody remember? And we'd all stand up peacefully, and people would swear at us and everything. We're just standing there peacefully. Because people knew why we were standing there. And goodness always, when it touches Darkness, light touches darkness, there's always a reaction. Two ways to react. One, in silence, power, and authority. And two, in swearing and condemning a person for what they believe. Healing and deliverance. Because as Jesus Christ's lovers and followers, healing and deliverance, it's right there. Right there. You need a healing? Oh, it's right there at your fingertips. You need deliverance in a mindset. Oh, it's right there. Just flew into the kingdom. Miracles are waiting for us to grab into this kingdom realm and pull them in to this physical realm. It's just when we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, there's a door that swings wide open. And his kingdom, his presence, his power, his authority in his name, by the stripes across his back, the miracles are right there waiting. Faith is our reliance on the kingdom. We need to have a faith and reliance into this supernatural realm of God's presence, of his kingdom power around us. So many people say, you know, well, I have faith in God, or I have faith in Jesus. Praise the Lord that you do. The Bible's very clear that we must also believe in Jesus. And when we believe in Jesus, uh, it, it overwhelms us with a level of faith uh, that starts to empower us for our daily walk wherever we go because we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have a faith way a faith filling, a Holy Spirit filling that powers us in such a way that many times we don't have to create violence. We are the violence. <laughs> faith anchors itself. It's, it's like hooked in to the supernatural kingdom of heaven. You have true faith, then it's hooked in. That's why you don't have faith in man. You don't have faith in somebody else. You have faith in Jesus Christ. You're, 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 you're believing on Him as your Lord and Savior opens the door of faith that I believe in this supernatural kingdom, that my faith is anchored into this realm. My faith for miracles is anchored into this realm. My faith for victory is anchored into this realm. This understanding is so critical in the life of a believer 
that the Scriptures declare it, that without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith, if we start losing faith, then we actually aren't pleasing God. That our faith should be one of the strongest things. We stand on the Word, we have Jesus in us, Holy Spirit empowering us, opens up our heart to have faith that into this kingdom realm of His presence, of His glory, of, of His will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And when we live in that capacity, we please God. Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 11. Matthew 11, 11. Assuredly, I say to you, among these born of women, there has none risen one greater than John the Baptist. This is Jesus speaking. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Look at verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. It's an interesting statement. How does the kingdom of heaven suffer violence? Well, there's a couple implications that I want to pull from these statements. From the hermeneutics perspective, they would suggest that because John was so popular that Jesus was referring to the large crowds. So if you could, from a hermeneutics perspective, what you do is you look at it and you, you see that, that what Jesus would be talking about would be that the popularity of John declaring the Christ, the miraculous and the things that were happening, the popularity grew a crowd. And as the crowd grew, so did their, their desire and drive to be in. No different than the woman who was bleeding for 12 years went against the local law, which was at that time, because she was bleeding, she was unclean, and she needed to stay outside the city walls. But she refused it, and she went into a public place full of people, which was against the local law, the religious law of the day, and she refused it. Why? Because, because the desire of the kingdom is, it empowers us to be willing to go against religious law man's law, and actually go forward into God's kingdom rule in our lives. And she pushed through the people, probably head covered up, because she knew she would touch Christ. And she caused the violence, the, the kingdom suffering violence. So like this whole, uh, like Jesus, again, in hermeneutics would refer to it kind of like uh, an army surrounding a city ready to invade the city. The city is suffering violence, but for the right reason. The people want to get into the city, into the kingdom, and so they're willing to, to fight the enemy, push off everything, because the kingdom has opened doors for you to enter. And whenever we enter into the kingdom, the kingdom starts to suffer the violence of who we are and what we bring, but for a reason and a purpose. So that's what would be one of the her hermeneutic perspectives. There's yelling, there's crying of people wanting, because of the people surrounding John, wanting to get in, wanting to be touched. There's, a, there's a, a suffering of violence. So that's one hermeneutical perspective. Another reality for today is that since we have Jesus Christ in us, we have the kingdom of God, but we also sometimes, and many of us, carry sin. 
I say many of us, I believe none of us are perfect and sinless on this earth, but I don't want to say that to give acceptance for sin in your life because my desire is to be sinless. And so many times we're like, well, you can never be sinless. I was brought up in a very traditional uh, church setting, and my seminary, Bible school, was more of a traditional setting, and we were just dirty, wretched sinners. That's who we were. We knew that, Um, and so we just kind of didn't do much because we're wretched sinners, and I kind of want to disagree with that statement. I don't think God sees us as wretched sinners in any way. I actually think he sees us as sons and daughters. And I don't look at any one of my sons and daughters and look at them wretched, wretched, even if they're in a sinful state, which I thank the Lord my kids have been amazing. But even if they were in a sinful state, I don't see them as a wretched, dirty sinner. I see them as a son and a daughter looking for truth. So I like to sit back in my hermeneutical study on a kingdom perspective. I like to look at it is that Since we have given our life to Jesus, Jesus Christ is within us, but when we first, when we come in or when we live a Christian life, we carry some baggage. And the the kingdom of heaven isn't familiar with this kind of sin and baggage because it can't exist. So the deeper we go into his kingdom, the more baggage we have to get rid of. And there's a bit of a violence that starts to happen, not in the foundation of the kingdom, but in the foundation of me. There, there's, a, there's a, a violence that starts to happen. The kingdom suffers violence, but the kingdom is in me. Kingdom of God is within. Kingdom's in me. And so as I go deeper in his presence, deeper in his glory, there is a kingdom in me that is suffering violence. As sin cannot live, darkness cannot live in light. And as I become more light, as you become more light, darkness has to disappear. It doesn't get covered up. Light dispels darkness. So since we have the kingdom of God, we open the door for the violence in our own lives. And that causes the kingdom to suffer violence. But the kingdom of heaven suffers violence for a reason. It's called love and forgiveness and set us free. It doesn't suffer violence because it's weak. Uh Uh-uh. It suffers violence because God loves you and loves me. And he hath through his son Jesus set us free. The other side of this perspective is that when we live in the relationship and authority of God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, any violence suffered by the kingdom is for a moment, but I guarantee you where the violence will turn to. It will turn to darkness. The kingdom of the devil will suffer great violence and is suffering great violence. The more you and I love God, the more violence goes on outside of us. Isaiah chapter 64, starting in verse 1. Isaiah 64, 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. Think of that for a moment. As we cry out right now, Oh, that you would rend the heavens. The heavens are rended. This is Isaiah. This is Old Testament. But he's crying out for the heavens to be opened. When Jesus Christ died on that cross, what happened? What happened 
in the temple? What happened to the curtain that was separating the presence of God to the people? What happened? It rended, it ripped in two from bottom to top. And the presence of God was now available to his people. It was available and is available to the world. You know, it's interesting. We as Christians sometimes need to just shuffle our mentality a little bit and realize, even though we're after the kingdom of God, it's just as available to the sinners of this world. What do you mean by that? That that kingdom it comes through the, in our lives through the believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And the whole purpose, he died on the cross, was to save people from sin. That our hearts and our doors could be opened into the marvelous light. And so you know what? I'm not saying that the sin can live within the kingdom of heaven. No, but the kingdom of heaven is wide open, available to people if they just receive Jesus. They just believe on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They will be saved. Oh, that you would rend the heavens. That you would come down. Well, the heavens have been rended. <laughs> and he has come down. This is, remember, Isaiah crying out and a future prophecy for what we live in today. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down. He has rended the heavens, and he is down with us. That the mountains might shake at your presence, and the mountains are shaking in his presence. You've heard of the seven mountains. They are shaking in his presence. The seven mountains of society are shaking in his presence doesn't mean that everything that society of these seven mountains is doing good, but it's not saying that the good people shake only. It's that the mountains shake. The foundations shake. And I guarantee you right now, hell is shaking by the presence of God. Sin is shaking by the presence of God. We are seeing the uproars, the violence, because anything physical will always be dominated first supernaturally. Because the physical doesn't dictate the supernatural, the supernatural always dictates the physical. And so when you start to see riots and fires and murders and all this stuff happening, there is a violence. There are mountains that are shaking. So if there was no presence of God, then there would be no good then we wouldn't have the violence in our cities as we do right now. But because there's good, because there's the right way, the truth and the life that sets us free, because of this good thing, because of the goodness of God and Jesus Christ, the mountains are shaking. Violently shaking. Whew. And at the same time, any mountain that you thought you had in the world, it's probably shaking. Just don't build yourself on the ways of the world. Build yourself on the rock, the firm foundation of the Word of God. Verse 2, 
As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. Right now, in the months, in the midst of all the violence that's happening, the most amount of people coming to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is at the highest level ever in history. Ever. Because his presence, his kingdom, the more you and I step in, touch, walk in his kingdom, in his presence, violence will happen around you. Because a reaction always occurs when the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness touch its violence. Violence doesn't mean physical violence. That's a reaction. Anyone who's doing physical harm, physical violence to people, to cities, to buildings, to police, to whoever, to whatever race, if you're doing physical violence to them, what's happened is the kingdom of heaven is invading darkness, and you're fighting for the darkness as a sinner. I want to encourage you. Don't fight for darkness because you don't even have to fight for light. Light's already available. The light was turned on 2,000 years ago and the light's still shining bright, bright, bright. And his name is Jesus Christ. When the kingdom of darkness and the kingdoms of this world collide with the kingdom of light, there's a great shaking. You know what? The violent take it by force. What does violence in the kingdom look like? I love to use the example of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Study his lifestyle. Watch how he reacts. It's an amazing thing. I, I, I'm not him. I, I don't even know how I can live to that level, but the reality is is I, I would watch people spitting on him and beating him and throwing things at him, and he stayed quiet, not because he didn't have light or power, but because he had a purpose that God had sent him for a purpose. And I want to, in my own life, realize that I'm not here to fight. I watch what I say. I'm not here to fight the darkness. The purpose of my life is to actually bring light to everything around me. Because the light will overpower darkness no matter what. But if I get wrapped up into the violence of darkness and I start to fight darkness with darkness, guess what? My light's not shining. It doesn't mean I wouldn't stand up and protect myself. You better believe it. You, wouldn't, you better believe I would protect my family, my children. My grandchildren, absolutely, you better believe it. Chances are, if you come to my place and my gates closed, don't come on the property. Remember, we hunt. 
Very simple. I'm willing to lose my life for the sake of protecting my family. What do you mean? You're going to shoot people? Well, I don't want to be put in that position, to be honest with you. But if you put me in that position, you're either going to find out whether I will or I won't at that moment of time. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Just none of us know until we're put into that position. But I know one thing. I've seen so many miraculous blessings of the Lord where pistols held to my forehead and they misfired. Beautiful things of God's. I don't want to use physical violence. I want to use spiritual violence. And if you pull a gun, I'm going to pray and believe that that thing's not going to shoot. This violence is not a struggle within the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is not struggling within violence. The kingdom of God does actually not have violence in it. They actually have victory. In victory, you don't have violence. In victory, you have rejoicing, you have celebration, which is why the devil hates victory. So if it's not rejoicing, celebration in the victory of God, then it can't be God driving violence on this earth. That's my perspective. I believe that God has the power, the authority. He is sovereign in anything he wants to do. He can do it. But I also know that this word speaks clearly of who he is. And I'm very clear as to how I see him in the new covenant law, the new covenant structure. I see very clearly that his love is so overwhelming for everyone on this earth that he was willing to lose his one and only son to die for them. Some people say, oh, well, that was a sinful city, so God destroyed it. You know what? If you want to sit in old covenant law, I guess you might go ahead and say that. But I look at it. If there's a hurricane or a natural disaster, it wasn't God's revenge on the people. It was time for us to wake up, rise up, smell the roses, and get down there and evangelize and help the people. That's what our destiny is. I'm not going to tell God what he can and cannot do. He's going to do what he's going to do. But I'll tell you what, he did give us structure. He shows us his love. He shows us his forgiveness. He shows us his grace. Remember, the struggle is between light and darkness. It's actually not a struggle directly against one group versus another group. should never be a fight and a battle between one race and another race because God loves all of us equal. There's no racism in the kingdom of heaven. He sees us as equal. Our color is our color. Our blood is equal in color to everyone else's blood. I want to encourage us. At any time, you are asked 
to give up what you have because of the color of your skin is a very racist statement. What God has blessed you, no matter if you're yellow, black, white, is there blue people? I don't know. Whatever color, yellow, red, green, no. What, what, we, what was the old song we used to sing? Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Exactly. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Remember that? Jesus loves the little children of the world. It's not a color. When I get a dark tan, he doesn't love me any less. I'm joking. It's dumb. What am I saying in it? When we go into another nation, people say, oh, yeah, well, it's easy for you to say because you're white. Well, actually, I'm Colombian. Born in Colombia, South America. Legally came into this beautiful country of Canada by my parents because they are Canadian. But the reality is, is we shouldn't see color. We shouldn't see, we just shouldn't see color in people. We need to see of Jesus or that need Jesus. I want us to stop racism. Will we ever have a society with zero racism? Well, the only society that I can think of in all of history that has ever had that is the kingdom of heaven. I can't think of any society on the face of this earth that has stopped all racism. But it needs to be our purpose and goal that we make sure we do not have racism and racism in our hearts. That a, a white person isn't angry because they're not black or angry because they're not brown or a black angry because he's not white, or a brown angry because they're not white. No, 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 we need to celebrate who God created us to be and be all that we can be with no colors involved. That's where my heart is at, with no colors involved. And I tell you, this world is a mess, absolutely, but I tell you what's not a mess. His name is Jesus Christ, and he opens the door for the kingdom of heaven. And that's the victory that our nations need to see. Canada, America were built on the foundations of the Word of God. My heart aches for people that were bullied in school. My heart aches for people that have, have suffered and lived in racism. My heart aches for the people that have received racism and the people that have given racism. I tell you what. Pain. The agony, the anguish. The only one I know that can solve that pain, that hurt, and that anguish is not a law of the government, but it is Jesus Christ. He's the one. Holy Spirit is the one. And when we open our hearts to Him, that pain and anguish 
It's not just racism. It's verbal abuse. Fathers that have been non-existent in families. Maybe there's people here right now listening. Whatever culture or race you are. Maybe you got abused violently, physically, but also verbally. Whatever that pain is, whatever that hurt is. Maybe someone died that shouldn't have died. Maybe they committed suicide and they shouldn't. And you've carried that pain, that hurt, whatever pain, whatever hurt it is. The answer is always the same. It's Jesus Christ. The living Lord and Savior, the forgiveness of sin. The love of God. Who sees your pain. I believe cries and laments over the pain. But he's saying in his word, and I believe he's saying right now, give your pain to me, says the Lord. Give your pain to me, says the Lord. And I will give you rest. I will give you strength, power, authority to walk in destiny. Because there is no colors in people in heaven who are brothers and we're sisters together as the body of Christ Jesus our living Lord, our living Savior. Find the strong man in you. I'm the kind of person that when I see unfairness, it makes me, ooh. I remember as a teenager one, one guy getting beat up by three or four guys even though I didn't know who either of them were I couldn't stand and watch it I couldn't just walk on the other side of the road and ignore the Samaritan getting beaten I just couldn't I remember multiple times going over and breaking it up willing to fight for somebody I didn't know just because the gang mentality is wrong. That violence is wrong. Would I do that now? I don't know. I'm, I've gotten a little older. Maybe a little wiser. Probably easier to call 911 if we have police. pray for our police. I pray that bad cops get justice. I pray for the good cops. During this time of low morale, oh, I pray, Lord God, give them courage. Give them strength. I pray. I pray for our medical people, our frontline people, our fire people, our fire 
uh, firemen and women, I pray, Lord God, give them valiant courage and strength. I pray for our churches, Lord God, that yes, we abide by the laws of the land, but at some point in time, Lord God, if it's necessary, we listen to your voice and we be who you're calling us to be. I pray we don't have to go into an underground church setting, but I tell you what, Lord God, I will not change this in my life for the sake of any government legislation. This is my governance. This is my law in my heart. Yes, we obey our governments, but I pray, Lord God, that they do not take our religious freedom away. I pray, Lord God, that the church of the bride of Christ rise up, walk into its destiny, be the light that it's called to be, to bring victory justice of your kingdom come and your will be done in our churches our ministries, our lives, our hearts our families, our children, our grandchildren, I pray Lord God that we will never ever, ever forsake your structure of kingdom for the sake of trying to be politically correct, I pray Lord I pray for America. I pray for Canada, my own country of Canada. I pray, Lord God, for our presidents, our prime ministers, our leaders, our government parties, our judges, our structures, our police, our court systems. I pray, Father God, for the wisdom of you in the policies and decisions that are being made. I pray right now for so many even of our own windward ministries that we cover internationally around the world in many different countries. I pray, Lord God, for the strength that comes from your word, faith opening of doors around. I pray protection upon the saints, the Christian body of this world. And I pray for every sinner to come to the understanding and realization of a living Jesus Christ who died and rose again for them. I feel right now if there's anybody that is watching or here in this place, first of all, that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not sure what that looks like. Well, I want to give you opportunity today. Today, the biggest day, biggest decision of your life, the biggest decision is not where you're going to work, where you're going to live, and who you're going to marry. It isn't. The biggest decision of your life is do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The word's very clear that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's all it takes is, is you just have to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Romans talks about confess with your mouth. Many people use what they call a, a sinner's prayer. Repeat after me. That works great. But the reality is, is just believe in him and confess and say, Oh, Father God, oh, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Forgive me from my sins. Boom. You're forgiven. 
Just like that. Maybe you've been backslidden. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus years ago, but you just haven't been living a Christian life. Well, guess what? Today's the day. Don't wait. Today's the day. It changes and transforms tomorrow. Then just give your life. Commit. Believe again. And step forward into the living Word of God in you. But maybe you're here. Maybe you've been depressed. Maybe you've just been frustrated. Maybe, maybe you've been feeling like there's no hope or the hope is dwindling, uh, that the end of the tunnel isn't able to be seen again. Well, let me encourage you, then today's your day. It's today. Not tomorrow, it's today. That you can say, I no longer want to have those kind of thoughts in my head. I no longer want to, want, to, want to have those depressive thoughts or suicidal thoughts. I don't want to have those anymore. And then you cry out to Jesus, oh Jesus, clear my mind with the renewing of the mind of Christ Jesus in you. Bam! Just like that. So whatever position, whatever situation you might be in, maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe you've been in unforgiveness against somebody because of the pain and the hurt that they've caused you. Just forgive them. Don't carry it against them. Forgive them. It doesn't mean you have to be in agreement with the wrongs. No, just forgiveness. And watch what transforms and happens in your own life. So if any of those applied to you, as I close in prayer, I want you. I encourage you that the kingdom of heaven is right here. It's touchable. You need a miracle, a healing? Grab it from the kingdom and bring it in by your faith. How you grab it? By your faith. It's anchored in the kingdom of heaven. Pull the anchor and, and receive. Receive what you need today. So as we pray, Father God, anyone giving their life to Jesus Christ, to believe on you, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for anyone right now. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And when we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, all those sins are forgiven, just like that. Just like that in our own lives. For anyone who's been struggling, backslidden, I pray, Father, that the things of the past will become power of testimony so we can grow stronger. That we'll let the, the sins go that we've been dealing with in Jesus' name, no more in Jesus' name. And we'll start focusing and drawing closer. How do you defeat sin in your life? You draw closer to God. You draw closer to his presence. How do you live in the victory of Jesus Christ? Draw closer to his presence. Anyone needing miraculous healing power in their own bodies, physical bodies? Maybe there's cancers, tumors, blood disorders, uh, viruses, COVID virus, whatever it is, whatever it is that you need a healing of right now, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that the people be healed in Jesus' name. I would encourage you right now, because the laying on of hands is so critically important. Many times I encourage you, if you have pain in your heart or pain in your back, just put your hand on that spot right now as we pray. There's a tumor. Lay your hand on the tumor right now in Jesus' name. And we pray the miracle of healing. The healing power of the stripes across your back, Father. The whipping across your back, Jesus. The whipping. 
that we get to declare in Jesus' name the miracles, the miracles. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord God. I pray, Father, for all the churches. There's, there's some churches and many churches that ha- are not and have not been able to survive through this COVID thing. I pray, Lord God, for a rising up of the saints. The houses will not be torn down. But if religion has taken such a strong foothold, I pray, Father, that the religious spirit will not rise back up. Oh, I ask, Father God, I ask, Lord God, that none of us carry a religious spirit, but instead we carry the spirit of truth. In Jesus' name.